0: Hey, this is Jim. We recorded this a little while ago before the most recent Fed funds increase. And while that's not directly related to mortgage rates, rates have increased a little bit since we recorded. To one of the points that Jonathan makes, the Charlottesville MLS inventory is near the lowest it has ever been. What's it gonna take to find or create more inventory? What happens if and when interest rates go back down to five or five and a half percent? How can agents adapt to this new and slower market? We cover a fair amount this week and we hope you enjoy.
1: Jonathan Keith, how are y'all doing today? Hot, it's hot. It's happy summer. We yeah. are in the midst of it. It is warm.
2: It is warm. It's nasty and warm. <laughs> but at least our air qualities, we finally have got, uh, you know the the smoke under control this week, at least.
0: I found most fascinating about that. one, having to wear a mask while riding my bike to to go with my daughter to work has been really fun. But it's also seeing the West Coasters dunking on the East Coasters about, not being able to accommodate the the bad air quality has been kind of enjoyable because as as we're all reaching the same level of misery, it's been it's been kind of fun. We're all on on parity now.
2: It, it, I think it just
0: fascinates me. It comes,
2: it goes, and you really don't know what to expect. And there's no. It's not like there's a weather forecast that says seven days out what to expect from from the air quality, or at least we're not looking at it regularly. Right. But um,
1: it's you wake of, up and it's just a bad day. Kind of like the real estate market Maybe. right <laughs> now, You're jumping off Jim's where you just use as miserable the uh stat that i saw recently was that home sales are at a 14 year low um which there's a lot of reasons for that but one of them is
0: mortgage rates none of my clients are selling every every single one i see i say you ready to sell knowing full well they're not going to and they say i have a 275 i have a 315 a 325 i'm never going to sell I'm Like, okay yeah, they, glad you're happy. Yeah, and
2: I I read another piece yesterday that was, um, I think it was Axios News did a piece on kind of just the, in Virginia at least because our our Axios is all local specific that that talked about the percentage of ownership that was under three percent under under four percent and it's it is tough but, you know I want to I kind of want to go back to our our discussion a couple weeks ago with Matt Hodges from mm-hmm. Atlantic Bay Mortgage, um, and if you haven't listened to it I think we put it out on around June twentieth but. Um, in that, Matt kind of teed up one thing that I I've been reading more and more about and looking to to understand, which was that the spread between the 10 year rates and our mortgage rates have never been higher right now, that that we seem to be pricing in too high of a mortgage rate. And Matt's explanation and what I've been reading, and just kind of want to talk about it and see where what y'all's thoughts are is, that the investors who are selling mortgage or putting out mortgage money right now, are charging more than they should because they anticipate universally they anticipate that everybody's going to refinance in fairly short order and therefore their loans are not going to last as long as a mortgage loan should last in the in the investor hands. So that's insinuating that we are going to have dropping rates. And I keep, you know, ever since Matt said that I hadn't thought about it until he was talking about it but I keep reading it and it seems like that's a pretty universal belief right now that we are in the next six, 12 months, we're going to see rates coming back down. Doesn't mean we're going to see historically low rates, but we are going to see 12 month low rates.
1: And and here's the quick, the quick stats. Typically over the course of history, the the, the spread between the 10 year treasury and the 30 year fixed mortgage is about 160 to 180 basis, basis. points. Yep right now it's over 300 and that's the highest spread ever that it's been since the early 80s and the early 80s interest rates were you know off the charts and so yeah I mean it is and I've been obsessing over this too because anytime I ever hear everyone making the same prediction you kind of make maybe take a step back and say what do they know Are you sure about this is this really gonna happen but all signs are pointing towards that, and you know the question today that that w- that maybe we should get into is what happens to the current market that we're in if in the in the predictions are out there and they're predictions. But let's just say if rates and they have dropped a little bit the last couple of weeks, right? We're we're right. we're under seven right now. If rates drop to the the typical one hundred and sixty to one hundred eighty basis point spread, then we're under six, right? We're right. we're five right. and three, three quarters, quarters, five and a half, somewhere in that range. What happens to this market if that happens over the course of the next, you know, six to 12 months?
0: I mean, I think it opens up. I mean, I think that right now we have so many people
1: who are sitting
0: on the sidelines, one, from an affordability perspective, uh, and two, because they just don't want us, they can't, To sell that $500,000 house, they would double their mortgage payment to buy one a little bit more expensive. Um, I think that if we have more reasonable rates that we're sort of accustomed to, there are going to be more buyers back in the market. Sellers are going to be able to take that hit a little bit more comfortably, and they will sell and they will buy. I think it opens this market up in a way that we haven't seen.
1: I I agree with you, and I actually would go even further and say I think the floodgates like open again. And we're back to a frenzy point because right. Think of it. Think of the scenario that we have homeowners have never had so much equity. Right. Right. Yes. They do have low interest rates. You know, 95% of, of homeowners have extremely low interest rates. They might be trading up even if rates go to five and a half or six, they're still, their interest rate would probably go up if they, if they sold and, and bought, but there's, they have so much equity. Um, uh incomes are now increasing the stats that are out there and and I I think that there's a there's a massive pent-up demand out there not just with current homeowners but a stat that I that I read recently was that there are 3 million households in the US that are renting with $150,000 or more of income 3 million households that are out there and I think that More inventory comes to the market, um, or rates drop. More inventory comes to the market, and we're we're back in like feeding frenzy. Look, prices are going to go up again, and and I'm not necessarily saying that's good, but I think there's a possibility at some point in the next couple months that that we we hit we hit uh, frenzy, period again.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's you know who knows, but I think that it's it's a thing where the buyers who are sitting on the sidelines now because rates are so high. With the expectation and the anticipation and the hope that prices are going to drop to allow them to have that affordability, I don't know that that has ever worked. I think anybody listening to this who's in who's in the business, they have clients that they know for 8, 10, 12, 15 years have been waiting for prices to drop. And I think that from a buyer's perspective, when you buy that house, you're giving yourself some life agency over how you're going to live. So I think that it's you know buy now. I mean, I I detest the phrase, you know, buy the ha- you know marry the house date the rate. I think that is a flippant way, in a selly way, that just it you know, turns my stomach. But I think that it's something that if you buy today and you have the opportunity to refi in eighteen months or nine months or whatever, you can save some money. I I do think I want to stop
2: though on that Jim for one second because I think that I'm with you. The date the rate. Kind of concept. Right. It's just the wrong way to enter into a, mm-hmm. a plan. To enter into something you cannot afford with the hope that life is going to change—that is out of your control—is a really bad plan. Correct. Okay, so let's start it's a with gam- that. gamble. Let's, right. Yeah, it's it's just not that's not the way to to enter into the largest financial decision. But more importantly than that, I think the the piece that is overlooked so frequently is there are real transactional costs involved. In refinancing a home, and it does reduce the equity in a property, and it mm-hmm. does have long-term implications. I'm not saying don't refinance at all, because you should refinance if there's if if the if the numbers make sense. But you have to look at all of the costs. And I think the frequent refinancing that went on during the 0506 craziness led us to a really bad place in 2009 that ate up the equity and, and turned the up, you know turned the market upside down. So I just want to throw that out there that going into this with the ex- expectation of spending another two and a half, two 2% of your, your loan value on refinancing cost, There's a real
0: There is a real cost to it. So I just want to, you know, put that out. Yeah, fair. I mean, I think it's something that, you know, we'll throw the chart, the chart up the, the Freddie Mac 30 year uh, mortgage rates. It, there's still his, it's easy for us to say we've been doing this for a long time. Historically six, 7% is fine. You know, so we have an entire generation of buyers and sellers.
2: And, and honestly, we haven't hit 7% on the Freddie Mac rates since November of last year. I mean, it, November of 22 is the last time we hit 7% on a, on a weekly rate of the Freddie. So for 30-year mortgages, we're still below that. So this has been, I mean, our rates have been fairly consistent. And I think, you know, as we look at the inflation rates are coming down. And I think, you know, the Fed is... People are starting to recognize the Fed may have actually pulled off a fairly soft landing on this inflation, and if that is the case, I think we are going to see that the investors who are are pricing this, the thirty-year mortgages, are going to start backing off as well and start coming down to a spread that's reasonable. And again, that spread, keep in mind, like you were saying, Jonathan, from three hundred to one hundred sixty basis points. If we move that, we're going from seven percent down to, you know, to five point six percent without a change in the actual interest rate environment of the 10 year. And I think we're gonna see a change in the 10 year as well. So I think we've, you know, we have
0: a potential to put everything together really nicely. So agents who are out there now, who, again, not that we're expecting, but we might be hoping perhaps that this shift will happen in,
1: in nine, 18 months. Yeah. What should they be doing now? Well, I, I will tell you, and, and this always is the case, we have a lot of agents, we have a lot of great agents. Um, you know, if you, no matter what point in time you are, you can talk to 10 agents and eight of them are gonna be busy and one of them's gonna be average and one of them's gonna be super slow. I've, you know, over the last month, I've talked to more agents, very typically over the long run, highly productive agents that have said, I've got nothing to do, I've got one deal, I've got no listings coming, I've got one closing coming up soon. Um, I mean, so, Th- things are slow right now, and you know, the, from a transaction transactional standpoint, right. right, There's not a lot to show. There's not a lot to process. So now's the time. I mean, to to really. I mean, we we had the same conversation back in uh, late March, early April of 2020 when you literally couldn't show a house in some some markets like it was illegal right. to show houses it was it was illegal to to do some things that we that we do on a regular basis and the point then was start building your foundation reaching out to people having conversations yeah. checking in now is the time to do it because over the last couple of years, and look, there's, I'm not making excuses for anybody. It's been very hard. You're too busy. Too busy, right, Jim? You know this. You're you're out there in the trenches, and you are waiting for a phone call to come in, or looking at the hot sheet, and if a listing comes on, like you drop everything and go. You're running. You're running and going, or, yeah, right. or at least prepping for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday madness. Right. And then maybe taking a break. But uh, I mean, now is really the time to. To get out there and start putting a business plan together and reaching out to your clients and checking in with your sphere,
0: I think it's it's yeah I think it's relationship building. I, mean, I think that right now is a time to to highlight the conversations you have with your clients and potential clients and those people that you know, um, so that they they one they know you're still here because they're not looking either if they're stuck in a, <laughs> with a mortgage of three and a quarter, you know. But you want to be the one that they think of when they are when they oh rates are six and a half, huh? What do I need to do? Yeah.
2: Well and, and and I will say, you know, we talk a lot about our our nest offices when we talk with our lead brokers and just hear what they're doing with their with their agents. And I was talking with one last week who's really doubling down on on getting people back together in the office as an accountability group to really plan on on reaching out to their sphere and, and contacting one on one and building those relationships. And I think and this this lead broker had taken things to the point where she's actually called on business leader client friends of hers who are coming in on a weekly basis now and talking about what they've done in their industry when their market seems to be shifting and changing. And not just not just talking about real estate, not just talking about consumer goods, but but people across the board and and things from, you know, other industries where we talk about liquid expectations that clients expect us to operate with the same level of service that they're seeing at the Disney companies and other places where they've just come to love those experiences. And and our lead brokers are grasping that and they're they're taking it and running with it and they're showing it to their agents saying, we need to be doing this. And, and I think right now is a great time to be looking at what your future business is because this market will turn back and you need to be prepared for it and your clients need to be
0: thinking about you before it does. I mean I think it's a matter of streamlining what you do and making it better. Yeah. You know, in in every aspect of what you do now, you want when that when that accelerator really hits, whenever that is, you want to be ready for it so that you have your systems, you have everything that you need and want in one place, if you will. Because you don't want to have that madness start and you know, be scrambling and like, you know, throwing all your arms out looking for for the one thing you need to grab. Absolutely. Flipping completely on the other side what if rates stay at six or seven or eight you know and we've been anticipating a recession every for you know anticipating a recession next month for like 15 18 months
2: i i think the the question of that is so right now we're having we're having buyers not willing to enter the market because the interest rates are high and as we always say, people don't buy an; interest, they don't buy a price on a house. They buy a monthly payment. And so the interest rate is the, is changing that monthly payment. It's changing the price of the house, right? Mm-hmm. So we've talked about is there an adjustment to price? And one of the things that I've I've read recently, and I fully agree with, is there are different ways to work yourself out of a of a pricing issue. And one of those w- ways to work yourself out is by having an actual increase in income in the country, rather than a decrease in home prices or a decrease in in interest rates. That's a slower Working your way out. But your question of what happens what happens is those people who can afford to buy the houses are going to continue to purchase them. Mm -hmm. Those who have an opportunity to leave or have a need to leave their home will continue to sell their homes. And it will be a slower market than we've seen you know, in the last 10 years, it will be a fewer transactions, but it will start working its way out. And as rates, as, as income grows in this country, that decreases the price and improves the affordability. And we start working our way out, but it's a very, that's a slower recovery.
0: Which one's healthier?
2: Both. I mean, I think we have to look the income inequality in this country is out of control right now and has to be managed. Mm -hmm. It has, it is going to become a major major political point in the coming elections and i don't see how income inequality does not play a role in working housing affordability it just isn't i mean we're seeing you know all of us have have kids who jim you've got kids in college i've got one in college jonathan you've got one getting ready to go i i think we look at that expense because we only deal with it for four years as being insane and we are terrorized by it and we don't sleep because of what those numbers look like. But the reality is it, that's a short period. The second big number we deal with is housing. And we, we look at it over the long, long piece, but politically we're going to have to deal with both of those issues. And I think we're, you've got to have, you've got to have income start working its way out. But that is part of the, the uh, the uh, interest rate question as well. But interest rates are highly fluctuating and they are not consistent. And so I think, you know, which one's healthier? The healthiest is a really happy labor rate, a really high income rate, and a really low in you know, inflation and, and interest rate. You can't have all three of those, but at the same time necessarily. But that's the healthy part.
1: Yeah. yeah, I would piggyback on that and say I think a not healthy market is if we get into another frenzy like we talked about earlier. I think that one thing that could bring balance to the market is more inventory. Mm -hmm. And I say that partially selfishly because I want more homes to, for our agents to be able to help their clients buy and sell. Um, It would be nice for uh, buyers eventually not to have to make decisions on houses in 15 minutes. That would be great. Um, But more, more in, in any market of anything, more inventory brings balance to pricing and, and values, and I think that um, the the sooner that we can get to more inventory, and it's not going to happen no overnight. It's going to be a slog, years. Hopefully, yeah. Um, that's that's going to be a, a healthy um, healthy for everybody, buyers, sellers, realtors, the economy, builders, builders, right. And so that's that's kind of one of my hopes is that we can get to a point where we're not at a 14 year low in, in inventory and, or, you know, actually I think right now we're the lowest we've ever been for inventory of single family homes, right? That's, that's, that's amazing. Um, and so that's not good.
0: No, we need, we just need more, more homes, more home, but it, not just single family. I mean, I think we need more multifamily. Again, I think there's a whole nother conversation about what you know, redesigning how we live. Because we need more homes and more areas where people are able to get places without having to spend a thousand dollars a month on a, on operating a vehicle. Right. Um, you know, again, we to make things more affordable, you build an environment where you don't need a car. <laughs> the missing middle. And there you go. Uh, but one one thing I wanted to throw out—it's just—I just—it was a fascinating stat. A, a, a client asked me recently. Um, you know, we're looking at houses to come on the market, speaking to low inventory. And they come on and then they go, you know, even still in, in our market and in a lot of markets around the country, things are going fast. So I looked at their market segment, which is single-family homes, city and county of Charlottesville, Albemarle, between $300,000 and $700,000 that sold from the 1st of May until mid-July of this year. If they're on the market for seven days or less, they went for about 5% over asking price. If they were on the market for eight to 31 days about 95.5% of asking price. Days on market 32 plus. You got a guess? We'd
2: gone down from 105 to 95. I mean, you're 87.5% from original ask.
0: 91%. And I, and I say that just because I think it's a fun stat, but it's also important when buyers and sellers we've, are looking. we've looked at this one and we, and there are lots of these numbers that yeah. have been run over the
2: years and and the more the hotter the market, the more extreme these numbers appear, mm-hmm. right? Um, but we we did this back in o nine. we looked at at all of the rates and and it was yeah. amazing what pricing it's incredibly important to price it from the start from the right number. Price matters. So it all comes around again. I mean that's that's what we're that's where we're facing. so.
0: What it heard the other day that I've heard many times over my life? You know, history doesn't repeat itself. It just rhymes. Well, we're going to be in the rhyming era. Hey, everyone. Jim Duncan from Nest here. Thank you so much for listening to Sweat the Details. We love being able to share these conversations with you. If you're someone who enjoys our podcast, we would love to hear from you. Please go to your preferred podcast platform. Click the Follow or Subscribe button. And please rate us and review. If there's a topic you would like for us to cover, please drop it in the comments, reviews, or simply email Jim at nestrealty.com. Thanks, as always, to Little Roadie Productions and Dave Stipe for the fantastic sound engineering and coordination with every single podcast. Thank you so much for making us a part of your week. See you soon.